Welcome to the Law of Startups podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being with us. Uh, today, we are lucky to have on the show uh, Mr. Joe Morrison. Joe is uh, an Alaskan, and he's involved in the uh, startup scene up in, uh, up in Anchorage. Uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. For sure. So, Joe, um, so tell us, yeah, tell us about the startup scene in Alaska. Yeah, so, uh, you know, really I would say that the startup scene in Alaska started cementing in 2012. Um, not not unrelated to something I was doing there, which was running a venture capital program that was a public-private partnership. So um, I would say we've come a long way in four years. We still have a, a ways to go, but we're definitely seeing a lot more deal flow. We're definitely seeing a lot more founders, and things are a lot more vibrant up there. Um, now, you know, compared to Seattle, which is just this explosive – you know, amazing startup market right now. It's different, but, you know, I'd, I'd say that if you're looking in the middle of the country or you're looking at other places where, you know, maybe it's not one of the tech hotspots, I think uh, Anchorage is holding its own. Well, that's good. Okay, yeah. so this is uh, so this is interesting because you, uh, the incubator or accelerator you formed was a public-private partnership, right? Well, less so, actually. So I did some VC stuff up there where we made a bunch of money available, uh, like aggregated $19 million over four different investment funds. And then we sort and this is a common thing that governments do when they want to encourage new business growth. They're very much like, ah, there's no investment capital. There's no risk capital. Let's make the risk capital available. And then there's a pot of money that gets created. And it doesn't mean that startups necessarily follow, right? right. Um, so... At that point, I wanted to work on the um, entrepreneurial capacity side of things versus the deal flow side of things. So a bunch of forward-thinking grassroots people got together and founded Launch Alaska, which is our state's first startup accelerator. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not 501c3, not-for-profit. I think that is a really good way to engage with the world of accelerators. I think it's hard to make accelerators pencil. And I think being honest about, well, we're here to help new businesses form and to sort of get our community behind them. I think that's, that's the model we're using at least. Okay. So it's an accelerator that's, that's got charitable component, a charitable. For sure. For sure. So we do have a for-profit investment fund that's associated with it that we manage, but you know, our operating expenses, essentially, you know, corporations, individuals can make a donation to the 501c3. And uh, that money helps us operate and sort of do what we were meant to do, which is raise the bar for entrepreneurship. Right, right. So Mike, uh, when I was up in, I was up in Anchorage recently, and I had the chance to go by the facility and meet some uh, angels, meet some of the founders of the companies. And they were, they were a really super fun group of people. Uh, What's that? What's the culture like up there? I mean, I always think, you know, I have kind of my image in my head of what Alaska must be like. Uh, and I've been there once, but it's, it, I, I think of it as being kind of the, the, um, the wild. But what's it like in, in Anchorage? Is it, you know, is Anchorage like a, a, how does it compare to Seattle in terms of like the businesses that are there and the types of, the types of personalities you run into? Well, see, I think of our analogs are more like maybe Omaha or maybe Albuquerque and some of the startup stuff that's happening there, maybe Iowa. Um, You know, we're regionally close to Seattle. We are culturally, spiritually close to Seattle. But I think when it comes to the startup scene, that gets a little more challenging. Um, So, you know, the truth is there's there's a a size of the market. Anchorage is a city of 300,000 people. And... Our model as a startup accelerator is very much sort of 
you know, you got the whole city behind you type thing, right? We we see our startup accelerator as an opportunity to bring everybody together and to say to, you know, people who want to create new companies, like, look, Alaska has your back, um, you know, whereas you can work in a startup accelerator, one of the 300 plus startup accelerators that exist in the United States. You know, if you come to us, not only do you get an amazing summer in Alaska, one of the most beautiful places in the world, easily, uh, you know, you might meet our mayor, you might meet our U.S. senator, you'll meet with the CEO of a quarter billion dollar company um, who will give you his perspective on leadership. Um, we've really used this as an opportunity to sort of come together and talk about how we need new businesses in Alaska. And this was year one, so we're expecting great things going forward. So a lot of the folks that are participating are coming in from other places as opposed to to local local folks that are that are participating. It seems like Alaska strikes me as being a, a big, I think of it as being kind of an adventure. Uh, I could see a lot of young s- startup founders saying, oh, yeah, let's do an accelerator in Alaska. It will go there. We'll isolate ourselves from like sort of the, the culture that, that exists where we are and then and then come out of it with, you know, uh, a great product and, and, and having gone on a kind of a cool adventure. Um, is that <laughs> how does that map out? Like, do a lot of your founders come from other places or what? How does it break down? So right now it's 40%. Um, we had 60% Alaska companies, 40% outside Alaska companies. One really cool company was called Quema. Uh, they are a smart jewelry company. They're dedicated to making beautiful jewelry that uh, enhances women's personal safety because women's personal safety is an issue worldwide, You know, ranging from the U.S. and college campuses all the way to human trafficking in South America. Mm-hmm. So that team was actually from... Uh, Startup Chile, or it had had its origins in Startup Chile, and the founders were Kenyan, Saudi, um, Bolivian, and Peruvian. So that was easily sort of the the most diverse team that we had on the group. And then we had actually two teams from Interior, Alaska, where our research university is located. One of them did an Internet of Things project, and the other one is just trying to build a giant drone servicing company, sort of fly technical missions and, and do some of the most technical stuff in the world. So it seems to me like uh, drone services in Alaska would be a great place because it's so it's got such expansive territory. You've got probably a lot of um, a lot of infrastructure in far flung places. But can drones get out? I mean, how, how is that what you is that sort of the kind of what they're angling in on? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a need, there's a huge need, I think. And, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of literature written about how sort of the FAA is being so slow with some of the drone regs that it's really sort of hampering growth, but leaving that aside, you know, you still, I think you still have to fly line of sight, right? So you got to be able to see what you're piloting physically. Um, but the truth is right. Alaska's vast. There's not a lot of road systems, and you can either hire a helicopter, hire a plane, or have some guy, you know, sit in a hangar <laughs> and fly a drone that is capable of like 100 or 200 mile radius to inspect your pipeline or your remote power transmissions. And, you know, this will be something that can carry over to the rest of the United States as well, right? I mean, power companies are going to have remote assets that need to be reviewed. People are going to need bridge bridge foundation work looked at, and you can either send a guy out into the middle of the river or the ocean or the bay to get down there, or you can try to 3D map it and have some sort of data service algorithm do it. So those, those are what those guys are doing. They're called Aquilo, Alaska. But the point is they're from interior Alaska. They're from Fairbanks, man, where it's 58 below in winter. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I did ask them, I was like, why do you guys live up there? And, you know, we're not really supposed to do that as Alaskans. We're all supposed to support each other. And one of them just looked at me and said, yeah, I don't don't really know. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm sure it's actually, I I don't, I can't remember if I, I don't think I've been to Fairbanks. I'm sure it's beautiful, though. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I, no, I'm I'm just kidding, Fairbanks. Like I, I love them. <laughs> I I just can't do 58 below. No way. Well, in the summers though, I mean, it's summers. It's it's probably really nice. It's boiling hot. Like <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. It's like it's like 88, 90 up there, okay. and you roast because there's no, you know, there's such vast interior landscape. You're nowhere near the ocean, you know. So you just you just get hot. So. Gotcha. Too hot for me, man. I was hanging out in Seattle, 74, 76 degrees this week. I had to buy shorts. This <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh. All right. So this is pretty cool, the Launch Alaska effort. Um, so tell, I mean, tell me, like, a lot of the companies that are founded in Alaska, um, I mean, do they – I mean, Seattle, we have this phenomenon where, you know, Seattle's got – you know, it's got some angels and some venture capitalists, but a lot of the companies will – uh, you know, fly south. For, go down to the bay, right? Yeah, you yeah. experience the same thing, I presume? Well, they come, ours go to you. <laughs> okay. To some extent. They go to you or they go to Austin. I mean, I can think of two very successful people with Alaska in their roots that are doing startup companies. And, you know, the, the infrastructure, uh, I guess you'd call it the social infrastructure or the entrepreneurial infrastructure just wasn't really there to support them. Um, so down they, down they come. And, you know, that's, I don't I think that our entrepreneurial scene will look a lot different. One of the things that I think is probably the dumbest thing that um communities are who are interested in the startup uh startup as kind of economic development model do is like we're, we're going to be just like Silicon Valley. No you're not. Like no no one is. No one is. Um and some places can get away with the software focus and some places can get away with the mobile focus, but the truth is like the middle of nowhere Alaska or the middle of nowhere the United States in in the center of the country, like find something different to specialize in. Go Internet of Things. Go go augmented reality. I don't know what, but don't try to do what everybody else is doing, right? Right. Get into auto. I'm not sure. Get into well, media. Well, I think I think the I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. You've got to figure out what what does your community have to offer that's unique to help grow a company up faster. In in and I I I imagine that I mean Alaska's got a lot of a lot of pretty heavy duty business going on, and so I imagine there's some great places where startups can build tools. Uh, in the if you're, you know initial you know target market is is the verticals or, or spaces that where you've got a lot of the industry in Alaska, and then if if you can get early adopter customers up there for a new technology product, maybe it's yeah maybe it happens to be an oil and gas industry play or something mm-hmm. like that. But still start that's a great you have to exploit what you have in your local community, so that's a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely. Feel feel pretty strongly about it. And uh, you know, initial customer stuff, like so far the local community's been really open to it. Um, we're one of our cohort companies is talking to one of the university programs about whether they can be a beta customer, you know, and and sort of help prove out the prototype. So, we're excited about that. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, I mean, there's obviously been a lot written about this. Um, I mean, Brad Fell wrote a book on startup communities and there's obviously we've gotten a lot of thought to like how to build the startup community and, and it does it is i mean it's the supporting cast turns out to be pretty important i mean granted you do need somebody to come up with an idea and to have the guts to drop everything and chase the idea but it, we also really need a community of people who want to support it plug money into it mentorship help arrange first early adopter customers and there's a lot there's a lot there that's community oriented that 
yeah, so it's, it'll be fun to watch for sure. It'll be fun to watch how you guys. Um, I, I really uh, the name of the angel investor I met up there was a really really funny and, and good guy. I've forgotten who I was. Uh, I'm sure you met Alan Johnston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he had a great he yeah. had a great sense of humor. Um, what a great guy. Yeah. So you know, just for anybody who's listening, um, kind of the guy who's been plugging away at venture capital for 20 years, and I, I mean venture capital with a little V and a little C, right? So not not big VC, but venture capital is sort of a business model. His name's been Alan Johnston, and he's really been kind of a super angel for the state. He's really worked hard to develop uh, lasting infrastructure and lasting organizations that um, can sort of advance this, you know. Because the truth is, Alaska's a resource development state, and I once sat down with one of my economics professors, um, you know, and said, I was sitting with a Kuwaiti guy, a friend of mine. It's another cool story. It's it's always when you see somebody's like profile and he's got an attack helicopter he's piloting. You're like, oh, you guys do it different in Kuwait. Okay. But anyway, um, so we sat down with this professor because he's from Kuwait, oil. Uh, I'm from Alaska, oil. And we're like, you know, who beats the uh, natural resources curse? The professor kind of sat thought for a minute, looked up at the sky and said, yeah, I really don't have a case study from HBS to show you guys. Good luck. So, right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I think all economies, um, have this, um, well, many, many economies have this issue. They're over, they're over concentrated in one spot. Over concentration. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. The issue is always like, Hey, how do we diversify away in a way which has, you know, longstanding, you know, longstanding benefits to our community. Um, and then that, that all sort of ties too into that whole concept of, uh, you know, the slow, the slow money movement, the slow food movement. I mean, there's lots of kind of movements, uh, vast local. I mean, there's lots of different themes here that um, people are trying out um, to try to get kind of the virtuous circle going in a particular, mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. community and help it. Um, yeah. So you guys, uh, you guys are making a run at it up there. Do you? Do yeah. You- I mean, like, we don't even want to be a tenth of Seattle, we want to be like half of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, seriously, you know, and I, I'll go to the Global Accelerator Network Conference in a couple weeks. I'll talk with the people, the amazing people from Alpha Lab and Alpha Lab Gear. And when we get together, it's like, you know, we want to, you know, we're not after home runs, unicorns. We're not after any of that. We're after $20 million a year companies. We're after something entirely different. Small successes, because in small economies, um, you know, in small cities, regional plays, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. What's funny, it's funny about that is that um, a lot of the advice around starting a company these days, and Mike can chime in here on this, but I mean, a lot of, I mean, starting small is really smart, right? You Startups, by definition, have to make really smart trade-offs. And, uh, and so, I mean, the things that turn out to be huge, huge things often start as very, very small, very small little things. And that's perfectly fine. But yeah. Sometimes it's a healthy, healthy out- outlook on a company. Like instead, like instead of trying to, to create unicorns, trying to create sustainable businesses is, is not a terrible way to, to look at things. It's um, it may be a healthier way to look at things. Yeah, I think you it know, probably even, is. even outside of a small city. What, what, I'm curious, are there, is there anything kind of a like? What's your typical entrepreneur look like that comes comes to Alaska? Do they have a? Is there something unique about them? Do they have a certain Alaska wilderness frontier spirit? Or is there a type of company that that you guys are seeing incubated more often in Alaska that doesn't happen other places? You know, I feel like we had a lot of technology talent. Okay, and I don't mean technology is in coders. I mean engineers who build stuff. So, you know, the, the team, the, 
the drone team that I mentioned before, uh, AquilloAlaska.com, you can find them. Those guys are both engineers and pilots and, you know, have significant skills in everything from, you know, data to hardware. And, um, you know, I, I feel like 50 or 60% of our teams were a little, they were stronger in their technology skills than they were their business skills. And, you know, the, the, the board and I will be talking about that as we position ourselves for year two um, because, you know, the great lesson of this stuff is it's usually not the tech, right? I mean, sometimes it's the tech, but not usually. It's always about the business value proposition. Um, so to answer your question more directly, what are these people like? Are they scruffy? Yeah, man, we got our share of founders who wear Carhartts, and we have our share of founders who are like – in incredible physical shape because they're backpacking all the time. Our, our superstar is uh, that way. Um, her name is Heather. She runs a company called Heather's Choice. Uh, and, you know, she just wants to make a better um, sort of mountain house food, right? A better better food for you to take backpacking. Mm-hmm. Dehydrates it instead of freeze dries it, dries it. She uses, you know, great Alaska materials like smoked salmon and some local meats and stuff. And, you know, her sales have been killer. So moose? Uh, I don't know if she's got moose. There's some USDA stuff going on. You know, it's you get you get into the whole, like, uh, oversight of butchery and oversight of processing in kitchens. That becomes an issue. But um, we've been really happy with her sales progress. And, like, so, you know, that's what I think matters is, man, what, what are your sales at? <laughs> like, oh, are, you, sure. are you doing an exercise on paper? Or are you building something that somebody's going to want to buy? Right. Ah, I think food startups are really ex- fun. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get acquired too, so that's good. If you, yeah, it's a well. Any you, uh, you, you hit the key point is just buy, build, buy, you know, build something someone will buy. You know, make something someone will buy. Yeah, uh, that's critical. I yeah, so interesting. Um, that sounds like a really neat company. I, it is I a super comp. It is a super company, and Heather'sChoice.com, and she is. She's fulfilling orders. I don't know if she's going worldwide yet, but she's got hunters in Maine that want better food when they're out there trying to bag their elk, you know, and backpackers and canoers. And that, we all know that's a huge market too, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that if you make a really good thing for the outdoors, I mean, the demand for a really good outdoor thing, whatever it is, yeah. is pretty significant. Pretty big. pretty big. Yeah. And Alaska, Alaska gives you some credibility in that space, right? Like, I mean, if you have a company that's coming out of Alaska – it's, uh, you know, it, it, that's consistent with the brand of what they're trying to sell. And, and the story, I would think, just seems like it, it lends credibility to the product if it's coming from, from someplace like, like where you are, um, you know, as opposed to like somebody in a big city. It, it gives it a more authentic feel. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that there are things the Alaska brand can do to help. There are a couple things it can do to harm you, but generally speaking, it helps more than it hurts, right? I mean, like, Locally down here in Seattle, Filson's all about Alaska. That's cool. That's awesome. You know, they're a great Seattle company. Uh, and and uh, I suppose that they're such a wonderful company. We don't mind them using our brand to, <laughs> to, to promote their, their, you know, super awesome $400, $500 oily bags. But, uh, yeah, it can help. Alaska can help. So. I uh, Yeah, I, I don't do a lot of camping, but um, – I know that p- people who do, and there's just a uh, just a really a ton of energy that goes into that. I mean, people will people will 
pay a lot for good, great equipment to use to use in the woods or food, good food to eat when you're out in the woods or you know didn't have anything to do with us. Um, you know, fat tire bikes. I'm pretty sure had their origins in Alaska. You know, and yeah, people pay a couple thousand bucks for a giant a bike they can ride in the winter. You know, and <laughs> yeah, okie dokie. You know, better better you than me, man. I'm 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 driving the Subaru that day, but. <laughs> So, Joe, how did you get into this? I mean, first of all, how did you end up in, in Alaska? Are you, are you native or did you move there? And, and then, you know, what 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 brought you to this point where the, the accelerator uh, came to be? What, tell us a little about that path. Yeah. So, uh, like everybody, you know, I did an MBA in, in Spain, right? That's that's a pretty normal path for people. I'm, right. I'm an Alaskan kid and, um, you know, Alaska's cold. So, if you can do an MBA in Madrid at a good school probably want to. So I did that. During that process, it was a venture-focused kind of uh, MBA. So I studied venture a little bit and had a startup that we we were a mobile aggregator of daily deals in Europe. So we did that, pitched, pitched for VC money, pitched for angel money. Uh, that was kind of the version of our capstone, you know, rather than do a big project is, well, why don't you just try and build a company? Did that for a while and then ended up back in Alaska. And it was uh, I was pretty optimistic. I thought, wow, you know, what's going on here? Who, who wants to create new value in Alaska? It's going to be awesome. And there just really wasn't a lot of infrastructure. So I ended up getting a job where there was a kind of a pot of federal money, $13.2 million that needed to be uh, leveraged at one-to-one with, with private dollars. Uh, and that's the giant kind of pot of money I referenced where, you know, we made all that available for, you know, not just venture, but kind of growth capital and growth equity. And we just need deals. So, you know, that is why I ended up working on the nonprofit passion project, you know, let's build an awesome accelerator in the north thing that I've been doing for the last year. Well, I think, I think, uh, I mean, the opportunity to go spend a summer in Alaska, get some money for your company, get some mentoring and advice. Um, I mean, that, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would be totally excited about that. Yeah. I think I, we, we really had a great time with the teams. We, we liked all our teams. Demo day exceeded everybody's expectations. Demo day was awesome. Um, so, you know, year one, I kind of can't fault anything that we did. Uh, you know, we do want to um, drive for increased success for next year. But like right now, out of five companies, three of them are talking to largely local investors in Alaska about, you know, hey, what's next for us? And we're happy with that hit rate too. So. Yeah. Now tell us about the university there. How much does it help or like how does it play a role? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's interesting. We're getting a lot of the technical teams down from the research university in Fairbanks. Um, You know, I think that to get away from the negative 58 below. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and, you know, the University of Anchorage, Alaska, University of Alaska Anchorage has a sort of uh, private sector focused institution called the Business Enterprise Institute that has been amazing in supporting us. And, you know, they helped underwrite our managing director for the first year. Uh, a lot of the board members are from that institution. And we've been really thankful for the support the university's provided us. And it really hasn't been about the money necessarily. It's been about the work and, you know, willing to put in the work to, you know, build a great startup accelerator because uh, startup accelerators are hard to do. They're like really hard to do. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, I think 
starting anything is hard, right? Starting anything is hard, whether it's a startup accelerator or a brand new company. True. Uh, but it does seem like, in, if we're talking about startup communities, it does seem like uh, people, I mean, people do pin a lot of hopes on the local university when they're trying to build one because they think, they, they identify, hey, there, you know, this is an institution that, you know, has resources that can help us in the community. And, and obviously, the really super successful communities have had, uh, I mean, obviously, Stanford is the one people think of probably. Um, but, uh, you know, we do all over the country, all these universities are trying to spin out companies, really focused on spinning out companies. You know, let's not let really super exciting technology just sit inside an institution somewhere. Let's make a company out of it. And then, you know, create jobs and economic wealth and well-being and you know, get that whole virtuous circle going, get access, get money back in, into the company. I think it's funny because I think what, like, I know, um, shoot, one, you know, one company, just all you need is really one company to have a great exit and all of a sudden everything is totally different. Yeah, I believe that. I think you're, I think you're right about that. All, all you need is, it, it's, it's almost nice when you're small because all the, there is low hanging fruit, right? Like you just need one halfway decent success. You need one bunt to first. Can you bunt to first? Do the M's bunt to yeah. first? Well, you do. You Not do, lately. You do get these clusters. Like, uh, you know, lately I think in Seattle there's been some uh, writings about the, the sort of real networks uh, uh, sort of gang. I mean, there's just there, there's just like a, a group of them. Um, a lot of them are my friends, but there's like a group of them that kind of grew up in real networks, and now they've all gone different ways, but they they're building cool things. Yeah. And so you get you get a good success story, and all those people then go out and then do the next thing, and you have the next wave that comes in. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So if somebody's going to come to Alaska to just check it out, what what do you recommend? Um. I recommend the beer heavily. Yeah? Yeah, good yeah. Good brew pubs? Good brew pubs? Great beer everywhere, uh, you know. Uh, for a state of eight hundred less than 800,000 people, I think we got 35 breweries probably by okay. now, maybe 40. Okay. Um, and the beer is phenomenal and, and uh, highly recommend it. Also recommend the fish. I hear the fish is good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I like the fish. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, avoid... Uh, reindeer isn't bad either. Reindeer sausage. Get, get yourself some of that. Go yeah. hiking. You know, do do that kind of thing. Is are there any stars up there working on bear repellent? Um, you know, things. I mean, bears are a serious issue up there, aren't they? Or am I? Yeah. No, you're not. You're not overreacting. I've got video of of bears on my Facebook feed today. Downtown Anchorage bear. Just wandering around. Just wandering around somebody's neighborhood. Um, and yeah, it's it's. And the moose. Are the unfortunately, same. I don't think that's a large market to serve. <laughs> you know. Well, fear is that I mean, people who are out in the backcountry presumably would be. You know, they'd love a device that if it was like guaranteed to protect you from a bear. I mean, that'd be a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's something. Bear spray? I mean, it's it exists. But, you know, I, I so I got a call yesterday from a company called Activate Alaska. They're just forming. And they're trying to build oh, – it's, it's a form of carbon. But, you know, you don't really realize, like, the stuff that's in your Brita filter – is like coconut-based carbon sink that uh, kind of gets imported from Asia. And so you can make this carbon filter a variety of ways, and they want to try to make it through mm, birchwood okay. and, you know, using a no-chemical process. So, you know, we, we're just all over the place. And, you know, we wanted to stay focused on energy originally and say, you know, we're an energy state. There's a lot of money up there surrounding energy. 
you know, let's let's be an energy focused accelerator. The stuff we got in that was the highest potential just was partially connected at most. You know, everything from smart jewelry to drones to you know, great consumer goods company. We did a little, had a little voice response team that was in trying to trying to create the competitor to Alexa. Those guys were super technical. And um, one company who believes firmly that the Internet of Things, the future is in the edge. Have you heard of this? Future's no. in the edge. So it's like there's so much um, there's so much traffic and bandwidth is so constrained right now that more of the processing is going to be have to done on the have to be done on the edge devices, like on your fridge or on your you know cook stove or whatever. If you want something to happen in your Internet of Things device for the connected home, well, that device is going to have to end up being smarter and smarter. Right. So that that's like kind of some of the technological stuff that those guys worked on all summer, and we're excited to see where they go. That's great. So if people are interested in learning more about maybe bringing their startup to Alaska or or participating in the accelerator program that, you, that you're working on, uh, how can they get in touch? Where should they go for more information? Yeah, real easy. LaunchAlaska.com. And uh, you can shoot me an email too. I'm Joe at LaunchAlaska.com. Yeah, and I highly recommend if you're if you're uh, if you're if you're working in a startup uh, or working around startups and you just happen to be going to Alaska to just uh, take a uh, tour or something, call Joe. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I mean, he's a super fun, fun person to connect with uh, when you're when you're traveling north. Yep, we're we're welcoming, warm and open, and we're we're always happy to show people around. So do do reach out if you're headed north, and let, let's chat. That's great. Well, thanks for being on the show. This has been really uh, really interesting, and uh, thanks to everyone else for listening. We'll see you all next week.